All right. Well, we are in part two of our series, uh, Guardrails. And uh, if you haven't, if you didn't catch last week, um, I, I would encourage you to get on our YouTube channel. That's probably the best way to do that, the Crossing Fellowship YouTube channel. And uh, you can subscribe there and, uh, and watch uh, last week's uh, message as we started this series. Um, have you ever met someone you wished you had never met? Now, don't be cutting your eyes across the aisle right here. No elbows, none of that. I mean, all of us have met some people who are like, I'm, right? Isn't it so interesting? Um, see, <clears throat> isn't it true that, that our greatest regrets involve folks we've met? Our greatest regrets, are, they always have a relationship around it, attached to it somehow, some way, and, and in some form, right? And as we look back and it's like, oh, man, alive, there, there's some groups of people that, that uh, you know, maybe you ran with for a portion of your life and, and, uh, and you're just like, man, that was not, not the greatest idea and there's some regrets uh, associated with that. Well, last week, we kind of introduced this idea that guardrails, guardrails, we understand this on the highway, right? It's a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. But personal guardrails, and that's kind of what we are, you know, referencing and, and, uh, and, and talking about, personal guardrails is a system designed to keep our life from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas, because if we're going to successfully follow Jesus in this life, we have got to put some guardrails in our lives because it is hard not to fall off the edge. And the, and the, and the culture isn't going to help us. And this is what's kind of interesting to me is, uh, you know, none of us have any problem with guardrails being in the safety zone, right? I mean, you've, have you ever been on a road and you're like, I really wish they'd move that guardrail over closer to the edge, no, right? I mean, we have no problem with the guardrail being in the safe zone, but when it comes to our personal lives, our culture is like, I mean, if, if we have guardrails before the, the cliff, they're like, what are you doing over there? You know, and, and, and there is no, no cultural support for guardrails personally in our lives. It is painted lines in our culture, and, and our culture wants us to live right on the edge and, and there is a sense in which that we get kind of jabbed and made fun of and, and mocked a little bit if we're, you know, living life back here and we have guardrails around us. And if we put it in the ditch, it's not a matter of if we're going to fall off. It's just a matter of when. And when we do, whether it's financially, whether it's morally, whatever it might be professionally, then the culture is waiting there to mock us as well. And so Jesus comes along and is like, you know, if, if, if we're going to live successfully in this life and, and live with fewer regrets, we need to put guardrails around it because it is difficult to live in our culture the way Jesus says, hey, here's how I want you to live. Guardrails are designed to minimize the damage, Right? It is better to hit the guardrail than to hit what's going on the other side of the guardrail. It's, it's better to run into that and, 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 and have a little bit of damage than 
have catastrophic damage. And when we have guardrails in our personal lives, we may make a decision that bumps us up against a guardrail, but it's so much better than what's on the other side of that guardrail. So personal guardrails are designed to minimize the damage in our personal lives. And so today, I want to talk to us about friends, um, you could say family and friends, uh, and associates, people that we, you, we associate with, people that we may work with. And, uh, and, and, and here's the thing, your pushback I would imagine your pushback this morning, your pushback today might be that you think that I'm asking you to be judgmental. But what I'm really wanting you to do is to use good judgment. And those are two completely different things. Being judgmental is all about, you know, placing something, an opinion about someone else and then projecting that opinion on them and everyone on on everyone else, and letting everyone else know what you think about them, right? Judgmental is I've formulated an opinion about you, and I'm going to let you know about that and everyone else around me know about that. Using good judgment is all about me. It really doesn't have anything to do with you, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to live. I'm not going to, you know, it, it's just, this is about, this is about me and what I need to do. Now, if I, you know, if that isn't very convincing uh, to you, um, <clears throat> do you remember when you were in high school and, and your parents broke into your room and read your journal? You were so mad, right? I mean, how could she, how could mom break in and read my journal? I'm going to put tape on the bottom of my door and then I'll know who's breaking in my room, Right? So you put, you know, you put tape on the bottom of the door, and then your parents took the door off, you know? Yeah, we're over here to like, you know, it's like whatever it takes, you know? I mean, and your parents, and you were just like, you're being so judgmental. You know, mom and dad, I can't believe you're just, you're in my business, and you want to know who my friends are. I mean, you are so paranoid, Right? You are so paranoid about who my friends are and what I'm doing. Just get out of my business. You know, in fact, your parents maybe, I mean, they took it to an extreme. I mean, they took the door off. They maybe even, you know, said, hey, we're, we're moving to the other side of the town. We're moving to a different school. We're moving to a different town. We're moving to a different state. I mean, we're, we're doing whatever it takes to remove you from this group of, of friends that you have begun to, to hang out with because of the influence that it is having on you and we're watching. And you thought, I'll tell you what, my parents are so judgmental, I can't believe they did that. And now you're a parent. Now you've grown up and, and you're a parent. And, and do you know what you are? You're paranoid-er, <laughs> aren't you? Because you remember sneaking out. You remember all the bloop, 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 bloop. you used to tell your parents and then you'd sneak out and hang out and do some stuff that now you regret and, and you're paranoider. So <clears throat> are you being judgmental? You say, no, I'm using good judgment. See, it's not about them. It's not about whoever it is that, that, that comes to mind for you. It's, 
you know, you, I'm not going to tell you how, how, how to live and, and you know, you, whatever. I, 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 am, I have no opinion about, about that. Of, I, I'm not, you know, you're right. I have no business telling you how to live your life. This is really all about me. And this is about us as a family and what's best for us. And, you know, I just don't think that, that we're maybe emotionally mature enough to be able to do and hang with some of the people that are available to hang and do with, right? Because here's the biblical principle. Our friends determine the quality and the direction of our life. That is a principle. And you, can, you and I, we can either come underneath that principle and leverage it, or we can break ourselves against it. And, and, and all of us, when we were teenagers, we kind of broke ourselves against this principle, right? And there's some, you know, probably some regrets about that. And now as parents, you're just like, oh, and you're struggling with your, with your teenagers of, of, man alive, I just wish you could understand the power, the power of influence. And see, here's the thing, and maybe you've never thought about this, we are acceptance magnets, all of us. We drift towards people that, that accept us. And, and we will drift towards groups of people that we know are not going to be a good influence on us. But if we feel like they accept us, we, we are acceptance magnets. We will drift to that group. And here's what happens, and we've watched this as parents, Watch that group begin to change us in a direction that's not healthy. But we feel accepted, so that's, that's where we go. And we allow them to influence us. You know, Solomon uh, wrote about this, and, uh, and, and, and I love this, this proverb. And we're going to kind of really drill down on one verse and kind of hang out there for a little bit. In Proverbs... Chapter 13 and verse 20, it says, walk with the wise and become wise. And, and at first glance, you're kind of like, okay, what exactly does that mean? See, when I, when, I, when I sit here and I observe this verse, walking with means a couple of things to me. One is, this is over a long period of time. This is something that I have intentionally decided to do that I have prioritized in my life, that I'm going to prioritize walking with someone or a group of someones who is wise. They're, just, they're farther along than I am in my faith. They're farther along than I am in business. They're farther along than I am in finances. They're farther along than I am in life. And you know what? I want to hang out with them because there's things that I can glean from them. Which means you, if you are willing to walk with someone who is wise, you are open to them challenging your assumptions. You are open to them challenging your, your, the way that you may think that the world works and then changing those assumptions and changing the way that you think the world works to the way they see it. You're open. Your ears are open. You're open to be influenced by them. Walking with isn't just, you know, it, it's not just, hey, you know, I had, I had a, you know, a lunch with someone who I felt like was pretty wise. 
Probably, you know, may, may be beneficial, probably not. This is the accumulative effect of a life lived hanging out with people who are a little bit farther beyond you and allowing them to have influence in your life. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Why? Because in the middle of the situations that you find yourself in life, all of a sudden these conversations that you have had come to mind and the way that you treat other people and the way that you handle your finances in the way that you handle different situations that may be difficult to handle, you have ammunition, you, you have help, you, you have mentorship, you, you, have, you have things that you can hold on to that you can begin to apply in your life. And it changes your life. Walk with the wise and you will become wise. The other half of this verse is amazing. The other half of this verse is walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools, and get in trouble. Okay, so last week we talked about the difference between people of wisdom and, and foolish people. Okay, so wise people understand that today is connected to tomorrow, right? What, the decisions that I make today will impact my tomorrow. Foolish people just feel like, I can make any decision I want. You realize that's going to hurt you. I know. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I think I can get around it. I don't think it's going to affect me. You, you, you realize there's going to be a price. I know. I don't care. That, the, foolish people don't, don't realize that the decisions I make today, you, you realize you're going to, that's going to mess up your tomorrow. And they don't think that life is connected. But here's what, what's interesting about this verse. The, the poetry isn't, isn't correct. The, the poetry isn't, isn't right. The contrast is messed up. Because it should say, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and become a fool. But it don't say that. And it should say, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with fools and become a fool. But it doesn't say that. Associate with. In other words, this isn't even the accumulative effect. This is, it's probably not going to be long. And associate with fools and get in trouble. In other words, it's not you'll become a fool. It's worse than that. Solomon wanted, wanted, wanted us to know, hey, it's actually worse than that. Not only will you begin to do foolish things, you're going to get in trouble. And it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. You are going to experience trouble. The consequences of this, and here's the thing, you may not even do anything, but you are in proximity of those who do, and because you're in proximity, you get the shrapnel of their decisions. Some of you have gotten that shrapnel, haven't you? And you're like, hmm, you know what? I ended up getting in trouble because I was there and I just associated with, and I ended up paying a price even though I didn't actually do anything. And Solomon just says, hey, 
You know, it's worse than, you know, associate with fools and you'll become a fool. It's just a matter of time before you're going to experience trouble. It's going to be bad for you. So walk with the wise and become wise. In another proverb, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26, he says, the godly give good advice to their friends. The, the godly sometimes tell their friends even what they don't want to hear because it's true. And they love their friend enough to say something that might be difficult and say something they may not want to hear. But a godly person is going to give good advice to their friends. The wicked, and, and you check this out, you would think, but other friends or wicked friends, no, just the wicked, lead them astray. You know what I get from this? Here, here's some of my takeaways from, from these verses. Friends who aren't careful with their lives won't be careful with your life. Friends who aren't careful with their life aren't going to be careful with your life. Friends who don't care about their health, they're not going to care about your health. Friends who don't protect their marriage, friends who don't put a high value on their marriage, they're not going to put a high value on your marriage. They're not going to protect your marriage. Friends who don't care about their finances, they're not going to care about your finances. Friends who, 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 who aren't careful with their financial situation, they're, they're not going to give you good advice for your financial situation. Friends who don't really care about their reputation and they don't protect their reputation, they're not going to protect your reputation. In fact, when the heat gets on, they're hoping they get off scot-free and you go down. Friends who either don't have any faith or they don't really care about faith, they're not going to care about your faith. They're not going to make decisions that, that help you and encourage you in your faith. Friends that, that don't care necessarily about their future, they think it's just kind of disconnected, they're not going to care about your future. See, friends who don't care of themselves, they won't take care of yourself. And friends who lie and cheat feel better when you and I lie and cheat. So this is a big deal, right? And, and if you're a parent, if you're a parent, you know it's a big deal. Right? Because you watch your, your children and you have actually watched them and, and there's part of you is like, oh, I want them to have a really good friend. You want them to have really good friends, right? Why do you want to have them have really good friends? Because that helps them, right? The, the, the very reason that friendship is so awesome is the same exact reason why it can be so dangerous. Because this group of friends that they hang out with can influence them in un, 
believable ways. And sometimes we just reduce it to the children. But come on, adults. We're the same, aren't we? We're the same way. So I want to kind of go through five, you know, suggestions uh, of, you know, personal relational guardrails um, that will help us do better with this biblical principle that our friends determine the quality and the direction of our life. All right, here's number one. When it dawns on you that your core group isn't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving, that should ding your conscience. When you're, when you're realizing this, you know, your, your, your group that you hang with is moving in a direction you don't really want your life to be moving in that direction, that should ding your conscience. That should be a guardrail to say, hmm, you know what? And, and it has nothing to do with that this group wants to go over there. It, it's really about you and using good judgment for yourself. Of saying, if I want to live the way that what God wants me to live and my future hopes and dreams, so based on my past and the things that are in my past and, and uh, the people who are in my past and my, my present circumstances and the pressures of my present circumstances, the, 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 the place that I find myself, maybe married, maybe not married, maybe with children, maybe without children, maybe I'm just starting a job, maybe I'm in the middle of my career, wherever it might be, maybe I'm towards the end of my career, and my future hopes and dreams. What's the wise thing for me to do with a group of people who is moving in a direction I don't want to go? Number two, when you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are, that should ding your conscience. When, when an entire group of people, you find yourself and they say something and you're like, yeah, everyone's like, <laughs> and inside you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That should ding your conscience. When you're disagreeing inside, but you're shaking your head yes on the outside, that should be a guardrail. You just bumped up against a guardrail. That should ding your conscience. That should be like, mm, if I have to pretend while I'm with this group of people, I need to evaluate that. Number three, when you feel pressure to compromise. When you feel pressure to compromise your core values, I'm telling you what, you just crashed up against a guardrail. This one should be an instant, hmm, no, no, I, I, I'm, I am not going to compromise my core values to hang with this group of people. And if they're mocking me or they're making fun of me to move outside of my core values, that's a guardrail. When you catch yourself thinking, oh, I'll go, but I won't participate. <laughs> That's what your teenagers try to do, right? Right? You didn't let your teenagers get away with that. Yeah, well, Dad, yeah, I, yeah there's like 12 guys and there's only two girls, but yeah, there's some bad stuff going to, but 
We're just not going to participate. Oh, well, then go ahead and go. It'll be awesome. No, 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 no. What did you say, dads? Well, I'm going to go with you. No, 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 no. Then there'll be three of us and 12 of them. And no, 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 I don't know. No. See, it's like we would never let our teenagers get away with that. But us, it's kind of like, well, I'll go. I just won't participate. That should be a guardrail. That should be a guardrail. If it is for our teenagers, it should be for us. When you hope the people you care about don't know your whereabouts, doggone phone, right? See, if, if you got to shut off the location device on your phone to go wherever it is you're planning to go, you have just crashed against a guardrail. If you don't want the people that you care about know your whereabouts of what you're doing, you have crashed against a guardrail. That should be an instant, mm, that's, not, that's probably not a group I should be hanging with. This is how I explained it to, to my, my, my kids. I'm like, hey, kiddos, I want you to be everybody's friend. It, it isn't a matter of being judgmental. I want you to be everybody's friend. But there's, I want you to be super selective in who you let in your inner circle. And you can, you can be everybody's friend, but you can be very selective in who you allow influence and who is in, who's going to be your closest friends and who's going to be in your inner circle. And you and I, we should protect that. Because we are influenced, you know, the principle is we will become like those we hang out with. We just will. So, here's the thing. Wisdom serves as the decision-making template for Jesus followers. And the church as a whole hates this. Because we would rather just have straight, fast rules rather than, you know, uh, what may be wise for one person may not necessarily be for the next person. And, and, and wisdom kind of, it kind of operates in the realm of the gray, right? It's not necessarily, it's not right for all people, all places, in all times. That's the hard, fast rule. Wisdom operates kind of in the gray spaces, and, and the reason we don't like wisdom so much as, as the church is because we can't control people there, and it's going to be different in every different situation, in every different temperament, with every different person. And depending on what their, their strengths are and what their weaknesses are, and so wisdom is so hard as a church to control. That's why we don't like it in terms of alcohol, of, hey, but come on. You know, that's why, that's why the scripture makes don't be drunk as the guardrail. Why? Because do you know anything that is wise beyond that? No. But here's, 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 here's the thing. When you, say, when you say, well, it's not wise for me, anything beyond drunk it, does, does wisdom exist beyond drunk? And here's where your drinking buddies start making jokes to kind of cover for one another, right? 
Because you know the answer to that is no. And here's the other thing I heard this last week. So I, I got to say this because it's kind of funny. I mean, I, and, I, and the things I heard was a joke, okay? But here's what we do. Here's, what, here's some things I heard last week. Um, well, it's just, see, that verse was talking about wine. I drink beer. Oh, my gosh. So there we go, right? And it's just white wine. It's not red wine. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, I mean, I, you, do you see? And you see how we just, like, we try to admit that. Can we get around? You know, I'm just a whiskey drinker. Okay, well, you should know. So, all right. Wisdom. With your friends, and the, and the question is, will you be honest? Will you, will you be honest with, with the people that you're hanging with, that you're going through life with, that you could use good judgment? And asking people around you, if you're surrounding yourself with people of wisdom, of asking them, because if there's a question or there's some guardrails that we talked about that you're kind of bumping up against, surround yourself with people of wisdom and begin to ask and have those conversations with them. Otherwise, you're going to get to a place in life, and some of you have gotten to this place where you're going to ask this question, how did this happen? How did I get here? How did my finances get here? How did my marriage get here? How did my family get here? How did my children get here? How did my career get here? How did this happen? And I don't, I don't want you to get to a place in your life where you're having to ask this question because you didn't use wisdom or you didn't value it or you didn't walk with people who were wise. Because see, Jesus was right. He said, but wisdom is justified by all her children. I love this. I love, wisdom is justified by all her children. And you, you, know, you could sit here and you could argue with me about you know, part one of guardrails and part two of guardrails and say, Eric, that is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We don't need any of that stuff. We, we can go without all of that. And you know what? You could probably win the argument. But the accumulative effect over a period of time, what will wisdom produce? It will produce, it will be justified by what it produces. In the end, wisdom always has the final word. In the end, wisdom always laughs last. It does. Jesus is right. Wisdom is justified by all of her children. So, crossing, those of you watching, are there some friends that, that you've gravitated towards that aren't being a good influence towards you, that they're dragging you, that it, it, it is so hard. In fact, you would almost say it's impossible for me to live the way I know Jesus wants me to live and to pursue and to live on mission and on purpose and the purposes that he has for me. It's impossible for me to do that with the group of friends I'm hanging with. Is it hard? Oh, yeah, because I've talked to a few of you that made some life changes, and oh, that was hard. 
I'm not saying this is easy. It can be unbelievably difficult. And you need some people of wisdom around you as you make some difficult decisions with those you hang with. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the principles that you give us in your word. And Father, I pray that uh, you would put a spirit in us that would desire and have courage to put ourselves in places where we are surrounded with people of wisdom who are heading in the same direction that we want to head in. Father, there's, there's all kinds of people in this room and people watching online who they have specific situations that they're dealing with right now, and this directly applies to them. So I pray that now that they know what they should do, I pray that you would give them the courage to do that. And God, I just, I pray for each one of us, as different situations come up, help us to run towards people of wisdom. And God, I pray for the teens as, as we're, we're acceptance magnets, and, and it's easy sometimes to just run to people that we know are not going to be a good influence on us. I pray that you would give them courage as well. In Jesus' name, amen.